7 o'clock. Do you know where your freedom is? Just a quick update. As of release, today is Saturday, October 6th, 2018. We recorded this episode on Monday. Uh, As most of you listening would know, a lot has happened between Monday and today. This episode is about the 2016 movie Confirmation, about the Clarence Thomas Supreme Court hearings and the Anita Hill testimony. There will be conversation about Brett Kavanaugh and his nomination and the investigation, uh, the quote-unquote investigation. As we were talking, we were pretty sure he was going to be confirmed, but it hadn't happened yet. We still had a couple days of stuff, but a few hours ago, as of I'm the time I'm speaking right now, the Senate voted 50 to 48 to confirm Brett Kavanaugh. There's a lot of conversation in this episode about the Supreme Court, and we even talk about the movie a little bit, and the history, and gender, and sex, and politics, and civil rights, and the Supreme Court in general, and activism, and voting, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So we do have some heavy moments, uh, but we still find some levity. This just shows how fast politics goes as we recorded this less than a week ago and there's just a couple things that we spoke about not knowing how it was going to turn out and we will go back a few days in time where things were a little less certain Like to go for a ride She said, wait 
get raped, I'd never get laid. survivors will be heard oh man what a piece of fucking shit shit (laughs) oh god what a piece of fucking shit lots of pieces of shit lots of pieces of shit oh my god that's exactly what i said as soon as i finished watching confirmation (laughs) fucking i'm stealing this from somebody that was commenting in the group fucking snake in the grassly yeah and Lindsey Graham auditioning for Jeff Sessions' job. And they were still there. They were there then. They just had thinner faces. Mm-hmm. It's been an eventful, slightly emotional day. I don't know if you saw Mitch the Bitch McConnell announcing no. that no matter what, no matter what, they're voting on Kavanaugh this week. Yeah. A week of the recording. Yeah. There's been that roller coaster of yes. Trump saying the FBI can do whatever as long as it's done in a week and you only talk to these four people. And, oh, and then then he said on Twitter that they could do whatever, which I they keep going back on back and forth on whether or not his mm-hmm. tweets are official presidential proclamations, depending on <laughs> if he's obstructing justice and whatnot. But then I guess there was a real directive after everybody righteously so got pissed off and Mm -hmm. but it was still you have to be done by Friday. Right. 
uh, just before we started recording here, I saw that there was some sort of uh, police report in D.C. where Kavanaugh was questioned in relations to a bar fight in 85, uh, which I don't know. We'll get we'll get into more more things. <laughs> we'll we'll probably have to watch and make sure this doesn't become a four hour episode. It's so easy to turn this into a bitch session. It is. It really, really is. But before we, I guess before we get any further, I wanted to, in case you don't know, for those of you not in the know, welcome back, Vanessa. We, you know, Vanessa from Devour the Podcast and the VD Clinic Podcast and many past episodes of this show. First episode you did was Central Park 5, which I guess has some relation to this in that he had some 17-year-olds that were falsely accused of rape and he called for their execution. And now he's got a person who has multiple accusations of sexual assault, and he wants him to be on the Supreme Court. And he is a very nice guy. Who loves beer. <laughs> he loves beer. Oh, my goodness. Even-tempered. He's very even-tempered. Even-tempered. And nonpartisan. This whole two-week effort has been a calculated and orchestrated political hit fueled with apparent pent-up anger about President Trump and the 2016 election, fear that has been unfairly stoked about my judicial record, revenge on behalf of the Clintons, and millions of dollars in money from outside left-wing opposition groups. This is a circus. The consequences will extend long past my nomination. The consequences will be with us for decades. This grotesque and coordinated character assassination will dissuade competent and good people of all political persuasions from serving our country. And as we all know, in the United States political system of the early 2000s, what goes around comes around. Shut the fuck up, fat man. This ain't none of your goddamn business. However, how much did we see him cry and get angry and get exacerbated it's yeah he's even tempered i mean a whole range of emotions meanwhile it was dr ford who was even tempered (laughs) yeah so many parallel okay you know you know the deal with this show if unless you're new and if you are new welcome and I promise you there will be some more lighthearted episodes when you dip through the <laughs> back catalog. Just not usually ones with me on them. <laughs> no, Canadian bacon, I guess, is the most levity we've had. Yeah. Well, and, and Rules of Attraction had some levity to it. <laughs> I'm just kidding, though, because we're always like, God, why are we covering such... And even Black Klansmen had some moments of humor, but it still was pretty heavy material. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're we're following the times. This, this you yeah. know, our, our topics... This is very timely. I'm hoping to get this out, you know, like next week. And we could have a very different world by then. How fast the shitball is rolling downhill. You know, it used to be a government scandal 
would be for a week or a couple weeks or even a month. You know, what the fuck? I mean... (laughs) Even John Oliver this week, he usually starts his show with like a recap of the week or whatever. And then he has multiple segments. Or And this week, he made the entire episode just about Kavanaugh, except for a couple minute thing at the very beginning about the new mascot for, I think it's the Philadelphia Flyers. I think that's the team, but it's the worst. Oh my goodness. It is the worst, craziest, most whacked out looking mascot. Is it the one that fell? Yes. Okay, that is the one for the Philadelphia Flyers. I can't talk shit. Somebody on the team was making fun of the mascot for not being able to skate. I think the mascot, like, was tweeting back something like threats or something. I can't talk a lot of shit. Oh, we've got, my team has a, has a good mascot now. Yeah. We've, we've got Stinger. Stinger can skate. Mm -hmm. Stinger is fun. But before we had Stinger for the Columbus Blue Jackets hockey team. We had Boomer, which was Mm -hmm. a fucking cannon with a face. (laughs) Oh, God, that's... that's, Oh, that's a terrible idea. Yeah. It's just a terrible idea. You know, luckily, they've turned that into, yeah, now we've got Stinger, and now we've got a cannon in the arena that whenever Mm -hmm. the team scores, they have the ACDC... Yeah, they've got the ACDC, uh, and then they shoot the cannon. And yeah, I I know you're not very much into sports puck. Well, I like hockey, but I'm not, I don't really follow teams so much. So yeah, Columbus Blue Jackets. Basketball, I can talk to you all day about, but, Uh, but hockey, a little different. You'll have to talk, you know, Amanda's from Indianapolis, so they make you know about basketball in Indiana. Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Land of Larry Bird, of course. (laughs) And Bobby Knight. Right. And Bobby Knight. Exactly. Speaking of men who throw tantrums. Sorry. (laughs) That was a wild tangent. But yeah, speaking of men who throw tantrums, we're going to be talking about Clarence Thomas and Brett Kavanaugh today. As I was explaining to any new listener, we pick a movie and we may or may not cover it, but it (laughs) is the the jumping off point for the conversation. Right. We'll, We'll be covering the 2016 HBO movie Confirmation about the Clarence Thomas hearings, where that was pretty much the last time anyone ever heard Clarence Thomas speak. I know. Really, that that man just, he's practically crickets, you know. (laughs) For being such an asshole with his uh, votes, uh, (laughs) he's pretty much crickets. (laughs) There were jokes that he was going to take over as the voice of the court after, I don't want to give everybody a nickname, that's too Trumpish. Uh... Scalia, after Scalia right. was killed by the Illuminati <laughs> or whatever. He died under mysterious circumstances on a, a semi-secretive hunting trip for rich, powerful people. There is no hunting like the hunting of a man. And those who have hunted man long enough and like it never really care for anything else thereafter. Sure. Okay. He was killed by Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell strangled him with his neck flaps. (laughs) The turtle. Did you see the SNL skit 
from this weekend, the opening where they did the Kavanaugh hearings and Matt Damon played Kavanaugh. I'm a kegs half full kind of guy. I'm not backing down, you sons of bitches. I don't know the meaning of the word stop. Oh my goodness, that was some of the most brilliant writing they have had in a while. And the casting was a stroke of brilliance in and of itself. It was way too convincing as frat bro, Chad kind of type thing. You know, that stereotype. And that's what Brett Kavanaugh is. He's everything that comes out of this rape culture in our fucking country. I went to Yale, okay? Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, went to Harvard. One of the Menendez brothers went to an Ivy League school. A uh, lot of horrible people have gone to very good schools. and Right, exactly. And that not that one of the things that he likely perjured himself on? Or It's going to be a muddy water, but he said he got mm-hmm. into Yale on his own with no help, even though his fucking granddad went there. Yeah, he's like a legacy. To go back to, to SNL, Kate McKinnon playing <laughs> Lindsey Graham. I love her Jeff Sessions anyway, but oh my God. <laughs> As an unmarried bachelor with a 10-inch uncut or whatever. (laughs) So, I guess we should start at the beginning. Of which nonsense? Uh, The the movie with with Clarence Thomas? (laughs) Yeah, uh, because there's going to be the parallels. There's so many. I know, I know, I know. Anita Hill said in her interview with John Oliver from this summer, the progress seems to be glacial, at a glacial pace. What, the Clarence Thomas hearings were 1991, or was he nominated in 1991, and then in 1992 was when the hearings were? They voted, and it was like October of 91, like October 14th or something. Yes, October 14th was when the hearing ended. And uh, September 10th, 1991 was when the reporter or whatever contacted Mm -hmm. Senator Biden's aide. Right. Oh, no, uh, Kennedy's aide. But they didn't want Kennedy to be leading the charge because he's a Kennedy and it's a sexual assault thing. Hello, that would be the dumbest thing ever. (laughs) Like, really? No Kennedy should ever have done that. No, of course not. That was a wise decision. But anyway, Greg Kinnear plays um, Joe Biden in this. Wendell Pierce, most notably from The Wire, uh, plays Clarence Thomas and Kerry Washington from Scandal, Django Unchained, all these different things. She plays Anita Hill. What else? Um, Treat Williams was Ted Kennedy. Yeah. And then Jeffrey Wright is in there. Ooh, I love Jeffrey Wright. I'm always, I'm always happy to see him. He was... Uh, Charles um, something. Charles um, Ogletree. Her lead counsel, or Her Anita lead Hill's lead counsel. Right, exactly. Exactly. But there were, like, some other faces in there. Like, Erica Christensen, I, you know, was in there, who's popped up in different things. But there were some other people that I'm like, I didn't necessarily recognize the names, but I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen your face before. Jennifer Hudson was in this. Oh, that's right. Jennifer Hudson. I forgot. God. Jennifer Hudson, when she popped up, I was like, oh, OK. I didn't realize she was in this. I thought I had read all the names in the opening credits, but maybe they didn't 
they might have abbreviated because you know sometimes with these depending on they don't necessarily list out the full cast at the beginning of the movie they'll just do it at their at the end or something so basically yeah they're calling around doing back background checks or background research and they find anita hill and they had heard some rumblings of sexual harassment from other women but then they find anita hill who was very reluctant to come forward as most victims of powerful men tend to be. Because it seems like even though the defenders cry foul of due process and blah, 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 it's always the victim that seems to get attacked. And I think, what did she say? I feel like the movie is relatively factual. Yes. And yes. she said usually the victim becomes the villain in these sort of it's stories. It's true. It's absolutely true. I know I've, I've spoken about it on here before, but it's why that's one reason, like when I was sexually assaulted, I raped, I, I didn't report it because I didn't think I would be believed. And I mean, I, there were so many things with it where I had been harassed with the cops by the cops before for being gay. And my rapist had said he was doing it in part because I was gay and because I just needed a good man, you know? So I was kind of like, if I ever told that to the cops or whatever, it was, they would be like, well, fuck you. We don't give a shit about you. You don't matter to us, you know? And yes, be vilified of, oh, this was an acquaintance. Oh, what were you wearing that night? Oh, you were drinking, you know, that kind of thing. Drinking's and, only an excuse if you're the rapist. Right, exactly. Thank you. Zora agrees. Zora Cat <laughs> agrees. So that, but I did have a job where I was sexually harassed. Thankfully, it was nothing extreme. I mean, I was never touched. But, you know, there it just kind of was progressively getting more and more. It was much closer to what Anita Hill described of, oh, finding ways to talk about sexual situations. And, and this is my boss telling me this. It's, you know, it's super inappropriate. Yeah, and a, an abuse of power. An absolute abuse of power. And I just ended up quitting bec before it got, you know, at to a point where he asked me out. But it was, it, you know, he had already started trying to, like, Oh, let's, you know, maybe we should, you know, you know, have drinks sometime or whatever, just hang out. And, you know, it, my, and then after the interesting thing of after uh, the, the effects of the Me Too movement, like that have occurred over the past year, my mother started speaking to me about different sexual harassment that she's put up with over the years and including one boss, I mean, and he did touch her, and this guy I knew, I'm like, yeah, I always thought he was scummy. I mean, I didn't know that, but God, that makes it even worse. <laughs> like, he, I found him scummy, you know, when I was a kid, and I knew something was up with this guy, <laughs> you know? When, you know, my mom was just kind of felt like, no, I can't, I'm not in a position, I can't, a power, I can't say anything. No one's gonna, you know, they'll just say oh you're just you know being ridiculous oh it's your fault whatever it's very common for any assault victim or victim of 
sexual harassment. You know, you blame yourself first and foremost. Because that's what so many people tell you. Right, right. Well, and when we've seen the system set up that rapists get a slap on the wrist or nothing, you know, you have someone like a Brock Turner who, with an unconscious woman, she's incapable of consent, and he gets, what, six months probation or some fucking bullshit, whatever that light sentence was that he got? Yeah, about a month actually in jail or two months or three months. it was something ridiculously small, and we're just like... And, and, and how long is he on any sex offender registry list? Such an insane short time that, and be, him being young, like, whatever, it, the rest of his life, that's it, that's not going to, he's going to be able to go on and do whatever, and it, it's just ridiculous. I'm trying not to have such a rage-filled episode for you, but... <laughs> it's, it's okay. This is, in all earnestness, this is a safe space. This is where you can shout from the mountaintops. I, I feel like... Most people that are listening right now have probably been following what's been going on in this confirmation hearing, but I'm pretty sure not a lot of people, hopefully there's some people young enough to not remember the Anita Hill, Clarence Thomas hearings. I vaguely remember it. You know, we've talked many times about how the news was a thing that we watched Mm -hmm. growing up. Right. So, you know, I was nine when when this was all going on yeah i was 18 it was a totally different ball game i was a sophomore in college at that point yeah i was i was just starting to get politically active i was very pissed off (laughs) and i was out in the streets screaming about it yeah you know anita hill reluctantly comes forward and Biden dragged. Like, it's so it's it's so upsetting to be reminded of how little he seemed to give a shit. Thank you. I mean, he really to this day owes her an apology with the way he handled it. Bringing her family in and mm-hmm. trying to get her to repeat all the horrible, uncomfortable shit about the fucking porn and the pubic, pubic hair. On? The That's pubic so hair. Can. I can't, that is just emblazoned on my, in my brain that, that whole, just when I first heard about, heard that, I, my mouth dropped when I was like, she's testifying to that in court. What the fuck? I just was like, are these people insane? This is what, this is what the court, this is who she's talking about if she's telling the truth, which I believe her, but yet the president and all these different politicians want to bring this judge in who's has this kind of behavior. And with Thomas, it's even, I don't even know if I want to say worse, but he was an adult. Right. You know, even in the comparison with Kavanaugh and we can get into the, they're okay with being discretion. Yeah. It's youthful indiscretion if you're a white guy or a rich person, but you know, Trayvon well, Martin, or... And it's interesting, too, pointing the race issue out, the difference between them. There's, they're very, there's, there are a lot of parallels between the hearings, but some of the way, like with Clarence Thomas, he even at one point said something about uppity black. 
Oh, when he was saying it was a it was a lynching, like a public yeah, digital a digital lynching or something like that. This is a circus. It's a national disgrace. And from my standpoint, as a black American, as far as I'm concerned, it is a high-tech lynching for uppity blacks who in any way deign to think for themselves, to do for themselves, to have different ideas. And it is a message that unless you kowtow to an old order, this is what will happen to you. You will be lynched, destroyed, caricatured by a committee of the US, US Senate rather than hung from a tree. And then now, yeah, and then now with Kavanaugh, where he's trying to make himself, yeah, you're right. Like, why, what? You're invoking lynching? What the fuck? No. I went to no. Yale. And he's trying to evoke, yes, so much white cis male privilege, <laughs> like rich privilege. <laughs> Because the wealth is the huge factor about what he's talking about. It's this prep school that you know he went to, and then Yale, and yada yada yada, and and he's making these distinctions of, well, because I'm a nice guy because we have money and we're from this, you know, why would I? I'm not a gutter person. Someone who's poor or someone who's a, another color or whatever, they're in the gutter, not me. And you know, I, I feel like he's trying to do. He's tried to do some of that, which is a preposterous thing. They seem to be clinging to the, I could only have done horrible things while drinking if I was blacked out. Right. And then he's asked flat out, did you black out? Have you ever blacked out drinking? And then he's like, did you? Did you? Did you ever drink too many beers? You mean, was I cool? Yeah. <laughs> All right, then tell me this, Judge. Did you ever drink so much that you blacked out? I don't know. Did you? Huh? Huh? Uh, huh? Did you ever black out? Excuse me? Sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean that. I, I just, I think I blacked out for a second. Did you, Senator? I'm liberal. asking you the question. Did you? I mean, that's... I am fair and balanced. What goes around comes around. Motherfucker. It's John Oliver from last night. He said, it's like they're delivering not just a big fuck you to Democrats, but it's a big fuck you to women. <laughs> and I'm like, absolutely. Absolutely. Because even people that have been questioned that are Kavanaugh supporters that have said, oh, I believe Dr. Ford. I believe that she was sexually assaulted. But... I want him on the court because I think he's going to overturn Roe versus Wade. That is so much what it comes down to for some of these people. And it's like, wait a minute. Or they see he's going to overturn some other issues, like potentially gay marriage. But especially Roe v. Wade. And yeah, it's just a big fuck you to women. It's like a political rape. You yeah. know, they're ramming, they're talking about, I'm going to ram this through. And... It's right. no matter how much, how much you resist. <laughs> yeah. No matter how much you resist, they're like, shut up. And they get madder and madder and feel more like it's deserved. Entitled. And, yeah. Absolutely fucking entitled. And it's shut up and it's 
you know, you already gave me permission. It's yeah, fucking gross. And also coming up, I think this month mm-hmm. is the Gamble versus the United States case, which I just found out about yesterday when I was right. looking around for what's what's coming up soon. Why are they mm-hmm. trying to fucking rush this shit? That is the one I... uh, with the double jeopardy clause of the Fifth Amendment, the exemption. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So basically, if they get the conservative-leaning majority right. for that case, and they vote against it, they vote against keeping the exception, that gets rid of all of Mueller's leverage in his plea deals and in the if Trump pardons how many people, Cohen, Manafort, Papadopoulos, Flynn, right. Gates... If he pardons any of them on the federal level, if they overturn this exemption, they can't be charged. Because everyone that's made a deal is a shithead. They're not doing anything for the oh, good yeah. of the country. Oh, God, no. But if they if they remove that, they can all plead guilty. They can get their big sweeping part. Trump Jr., Jared, all these people that are probably mm-hmm. going to have shit against them soon. You know, they there's no recourse. And there's judges... There's, we've talked about this before, but there are plenty of judges that would do pretty much the exact same shit that probably didn't sexually attack anybody. Exactly. There are so many. There, there are other, and especially even, what is it um, that puts out like their their list of suggestions? Was it the Federalist? Yeah, the Federalist Society. They gave Society? him his list that he got Gorsuch from, who also... Right, exactly. Our secret cabal of liberals funded by George Soros didn't have the time to throw a bunch of fake accusations at him, even though he had the seat that was hijacked by Mitch McConnell and Chuck Grassley and all those fucks for, what, 200-something days? February to January? Even their their group, they're kind of like, it's not like he's, they're just like, no, there's nothing special about this guy. He's just, just as good as anyone else on the list. So even they are kind of like, you could go ahead and just pick anyone else and it'd be like, as far as policies, they don't care. It's not like he's an out, he's done anything outstanding in his career. It's not that he's a spectacular candidate. What, why this fucking guy? Do you think it has to be as simple as his having the most laissez-faire or now that he's think not thinking the opposite like he did when it was Clinton? Speaking of women that came forward and were fucking destroyed. Right. Is is it his, you know, presidents have ultimate power sort of view? Is that is that the only thing? I don't know. What is it about this guy? <laughs> I mean, I'm just wondering. Does he appreciate the fact that the guys, you know, <laughs> grab pussy, you know, without consent? I'm just asking. <laughs> they Oh, we have something in common. What, Trump has 19 accusers? Oh, God, yeah. And Kavanaugh has and even, at and least even three or Ivana, four right now. And even Ivana, in whatever book she wrote, described marital rape. Hello, uh, let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, marital rape and its hardcore uh, support from the 48% of evangelicals who said that even if Kavanaugh did sexually assault someone... It's not a big deal. But these are the same assholes that were supporting Roy Moore. 
You know, when they were like, we don't care that he's a pedophile. Just because he's against abortion, just because he's against the gays, what the fuck is wrong? I just don't understand why some people, it's like you just pick and choose when you have, when you care about people. I don't understand. Okay, so we've got Dr. Chrissy, Christine Blassie Ford, who alleges in the 80s that Kavanaugh, who was 17, although he said he could legally be drunk, which is a another lie because the legal drinking age was already twenty one. No, at that age, at that point, it was eighteen. Was it eighteen? But well, he was still he was still seventeen. He was still seventeen though. Yeah. So he lied saying he was legal. He lies about little things. He lies about big things. He doesn't give a fuck. She took a polygraph test. She has suggested people to question that she is she had mentioned the story to years before he was nominated even though it doesn't matter you know she had told her husband she had told her couples therapist she had told some friends there was what julie sweetnick sweatnick she was the one that had the stories of the gang rape parties yeah exactly there's what ramirez i believe isn't is the woman that said he exposed himself to her but also uh, with Clarence Thomas hearings and the Kavanaugh hearings, you see a lot of senators demeaning the woman that has come forward talking about, you know, this sexual assault crap or sexual harassment crap or, you know, what Lindsey Graham felt like he was one of the bigger victim. If any, if, if there was another giant victim aside from his hero, Brett Kavanaugh, it's him. And you know what gets me? is watching confirmation it reminded me of how many of those fuckers are still in office orrin hatch was being a fucking asshole then he's being an asshole now he's still pulling the same shit and even now after dr ford she testified he's referring to her as attractive and they're like wait attractive how and he's like um pleasing like what you're commenting on her she seemed like a credible witness and attractive like what the fuck is that like why they just don't they don't care they don't care about women that's all it comes down to and it's totally it's true it goes completely back to the anita hill thing of the victims are are turned into the villains I mean, it's what Again, happened with Monica Lewinsky. It's not just Republicans. Sexual violence has no political affiliation. There's horrible people on oh, every no. side of the aisle. Well, absolutely not. I mean, the fact of, as we were saying, that with the Anita Hill thing, that Kennedy wasn't the one that looked up anita hill because the kennedys have had their share of sex scandals another thing that that is threaded through this movie is the burden that is put on women everywhere i mean all those senators and representatives that were left out in most of the places where i looked up the cast the cast uh credits but you know uh, barbara boxer and pat schroeder 
all the the ladies in government came to the men who had the power to do shit and they said you have to fucking do something yeah no they they had to the ones they basically had to go lobby in a way (laughs) to get you know just a hearing on this because yeah biden didn't want to deal with it that's really gonna uh, and it should but everybody's talking about him running in 2020 he's got a fucking answer for that and yeah ted kennedy's aide saying you know she's all of she's all alone out there stand up for her i i don't remember from the hearings if ted kennedy had any you know you guys are being dicks moment but I feel like that might have been a stretch if they just made it up for the movie. Because I, I remember when the movie came out that ev- the people who made it had, you know, as everything that seemed to be in 2016, the Trump supporters or the sexual assault supporters think that everything's about them. And they don't even notice that they think that. But like when Man in the High Castle was about Trump, even though it was written you know when he was still just ripping people off in right new york exactly and they were calling making a movie about a historical thing that actually fucking happened a propaganda mm-hmm. movie obviously we haven't learned our lesson because the same both yeah both anita hill and dr ford came forward i'm sure anita hill had death threats they were just harder to do because it was 1991 the internet opens up a lot of things Dr. Ford's moved, what, three times? Her lawyer had to quit. Well, didn't have to, but he felt he needed to quit his firm because all his partners were upset about him taking up her case. That should tell you something about the fact of lawyers are scared, too. I guess since we don't want to just have a bitch session. I mean, we kind of do, but since (laughs) we, we shouldn't just have a bitch session. Right. There was a massive backlash and forward momentum of women running for office and stuff like that after anita hill took the big fucking senate bullet and i don't know how do you how do you feel how do you you're, you know you're you're in the streets more than i am how are things looking i think a lot of people are ready for a change but unfortunately i think we need to get and we're starting to see more candidates for this midterm coming up, but unfortunately, I think we need to see more. By I mean, by the time the presidential, the next presidential election comes around, I mean, and we in other positions of power too, as well. You know, governors, mayors, and city council, and everything, because I do believe it needs to be on every single level of government. President is only just one component. And that's why I work the polls and I'm always pushing people about going out and voting is that I don't care what your political beliefs are. This is how you're part of the conversation. Just even by voting. Yes, it's not a perfect system, but it's better than just sitting at home and doing nothing. And if you are, are sitting there tired of the politicians that are in office or even if you have someone in office that you really love and is doing good work and you want to see continue you know go support those people at the polls or like i said if you you're sick and tired of seeing who's in office well then go to the polls and vote for someone else 
Don't just sit there and bitch about it. <laughs> and we're, yeah, we are starting to see, I think, since the, uh, the Cheeto was elected, I think we're seeing more women at this midterm. I mean, are, don't you think? There are more women who are, you know, have gone up for different positions. Even if they haven't won the primaries, they yeah. still, like, like Cynthia Nixon didn't win the governor primary here in, like, New York State. But uh, it was a woman that came and went up for our, you know, gubernatorial seat. That's a great thing. And okay, we need, New York, I, we've never had a female governor. That's a big deal. I did pull up some statistics, but I didn't get that. We haven't had a female mayor. That's crazy. Yeah. This is New York City. We're supposed to be so liberal, right? Even Alabama has had out a female governor. Now, granted, it was Lurleen Wallace, the widow of George Wallace. Um, but Lurleen was in office. <laughs> Lurleen. Our next act is our very own singing waitress, Lurleen. So I'm uh, afraid drink service will stop for just a few moments. They're all yours. As of 2018, there are 107. Women hold 107 of the 535 seats in Congress, which is 20%. Uh, I was thinking it was more like 17%, and you were saying 20-something? I was saying like 25, so... I thought that was too (laughs) <laughs> yep. we, we met in the middle 78 of those seats are democrats 29 are republican not surprising there are six right now there are six women governors two democrat four republican oh god statewide elective executive offices there are 73 women of the 312 positions <laughs> i was gonna say out of <laughs> Yeah, uh, 28 Democrats, 44 Republican, one nonpartisan. State legislatures, 25.5% are women. Uh, There's a lot more seats there, so it's 1,879 seats of the 7,383. Okay. And that's 1,145 Democrats, 708 Republicans, 14 nonpartisan seven independent the top states are arizona vermont nevada colorado washington illinois maine maryland oregon and rhode island in that order the bottom states are wyoming oklahoma louisiana west virginia mississippi alabama Mm -hmm. south carolina Tennessee, Kentucky, (laughs) and North Dakota. Okay. It's even more depressing when you're seeing the numbers. Yeah. Because it's just an abstract thing. I mean, you look, there's never been a woman on the... Has there ever been a woman on the Judiciary Committee? Or just there's never been a woman Republican on the Judiciary Committee? One of those is true. Um, you know, I, I wish, I wish I knew... The percentages of women in elective office from when this study was done, it's a study done by Rutgers University. Okay. In 1971, 3% of women uh, were represented in Congress, and in 2018, it is up to 20%. 
it didn't even hit double digits until 93. So, yeah, there there seem to be more women running for off. The woman that got fired for flipping off the motorcade is running. <laughs> I still love that. You know, I don't know what else qualifies her, but what qualifies anybody? It seems like... You don't have to have been in a political office before. No. Everybody has to start somewhere. Sometimes you start as president. Fuck wad. I have a big butt here. You have to have at least been involved in community activism or something. Something to try to, uh, you know, the betterment of a community. Or some, you know, the betterment of different groups of people. A charity or something. Like real genuine charities. Not like Trump University. Um. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, that, I don't think that works. No. Okay. I mean. I mean, it... like, Okay. He's not my favorite person in the world by any stretch of the imagination. But former New York mayor, New York City mayor, Michael Bloomberg, he's a businessman, okay? He didn't have political experience before he became mayor, but he was involved in different charities. He was involved in some community different things. And I mean, granted, I disagree with him on so many different politics and what he, his policies that he had in the bullshit, a lot of bullshit that he did. But again, that to me, I felt more comfortable with than that. It was like, okay, you're not just a businessman. That's why with Cynthia Nixon running, I was kind of like, you are, you, you've at least been involved in community activism and trying to change different laws before from a community grassroots point of view. You've been, you understand the political process. And that's the problem I have with Trump too is he doesn't understand the political process that we have in place and he or he understands it but doesn't want it to exist i i think he would be much happier as a as he a despot a, yeah exactly he's he's much more on board for some sort of dictatorship he can go buy an island and fuck off to that and be a dictator of <laughs> Trumplandia. he can take mitch Sorry. mcconnell with him i guess we can loop this back and kanye or yay, as he says he is now. I didn't, I still haven't seen, I guess it wasn't aired, so I don't know if you can see it, but he mm. did his little pro-Trump rant at Saturday Night Live. So at the end of the episode where everybody gets up and like does their curtain call mm -hmm. while they're just playing outro music, he got up there, he, he was up there and started performing. And he was wearing his Make America Great hat or make it you know, whatever, his MAGA hat. And everybody else was kind of like, like even like bandmates and stuff are like staring at him like he's lost his fucking mind. Did you see today his announcement? No. Maybe it will have happened by now. But Kanye said that he is going to take Colin Kaepernick to the White House and no. get that, get them on the same page. No. It's what he said. And he's the greatest genius. Or no. whatever the fuck he's proclaimed himself to be. No, mm -hmm. no, 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 no. No? Oh, God. Yeah, sorry. That's not no. happening. Please, please elaborate if there is I'm any. I'm just saying that will not be happening. Um, I believe the phrase is, when hell freezes over, um, that as long as the Cheeto is in that office, yeah, I, I don't think Colin Kaepernick 
is going to be <laughs> going there for any fucking reason. I lost pretty much most yeah his career because he took a knee because of protest to protest police brutality against black people that's not happening he's not going to meet with a fucking white supremacist he's not perfect don't get me wrong i mean he still did that fucking nike ad but could have at least gone with a company that doesn't have a history of sweatshop labor <laughs> but that's True. another issue entirely yeah corporations are not good people neither is brett kavanaugh nor clarence thomas yes and they are Wait going to be back, <laughs> high-fiving each other and they are probably going to continue to advance the rights of corporations over people oh God, i know they are they don't care about women and our rights to our own bodies they don't believe that you know treating people equally as far as just general discrimination they don't get it i hate to say it but i really um i think kavanaugh's gonna be confirmed i really do i mean unless unless something comes in like last minute where they're like no we're gonna throw in this new choice but i really don't see that happening it's too much of this fucking entitled privileged fucking boys club and they just don't give a shit about women they proved that they proved it with clarence thomas <laughs> they're gonna try to, they're gonna try to ram somebody through before the midterms that's that's pretty obvious that's what is, yes we know that's what's happening and uh, i think if for some reason if kavanaugh isn't confirmed their next person that they're gonna put up there is a woman but she's going to be fucking conservative as hell. Phyllis Schlafly. <laughs> yeah, or that, that judge lady. Is that the judge lady that said that Dr. Ford was hypnotized? There's some Fox judge lady that wrote oh, a... Janine Pirro. Isn't that her name? Yeah, that or sounds right. State. Didn't... Wait a minute. Wasn't she involved in the Central Park 5 case? I think she was. Let's take a let's take a quick break and then we will bring it on home. So yeah, we will play. Yeah, we'll we'll do a promo or something or a song about how men fucking suck or something along those lines. <laughs> we shall reconvene yep. in a moment. Hey Andrew. Hey Maddie. Do you like horror movies? I sure do. Well, did you know that most horror movies are inspired by real life horror? Really? Like what? Well, take The Shining, for instance. That's based on Stephen King's real life addictions, or The Purge, which could be our country any minute now. Oh, and The Strangers, which is based on a real life murder. People should be talking about these things. Hey, Guys. Oh, oh, hey, Producer, producer Michael. Producer Michael, oh, hi. Well, I hate to break it to you, but somebody already is. It's you. <gasps> That's right. We are Friday the 13th, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media, all from an LGBTQ perspective. Because we gay, y'all. We are proud members of the Legion Podcast Network, and we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come along with us on this crazy journey, and as always, get slayed. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Uh, necrophilia. Uh, uh, uh. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema Psyops is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. 
No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, Prudes. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of it. unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this movie. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything that kept little history doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you you know couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped from watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was. How be did a rough you watch movie. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops.
after convene and Janine Pirro, she was Westchester County. It wasn't the Central Park five case that she was involved with, but you know that case that's in capturing the documentary capturing the Freedmans about child abuse and it's the guilt is questionable about like one of the people who ended up being convicted or and he ended up pleading guilty and everything but she was partly responsible for in Westchester County like Long Island area or right above I should say right above kind of New York City she was responsible for a lot of those satanic panic cases and like satanic ritual abuse of children like she was involved in some of those and her she's also been involved in some other cases where there have been uh, issues of wrongful convictions. So I would note that. <laughs> yeah, I could see them putting someone like her up there in office, I mean, in the Supreme Court, if they're yeah. going to nominate some woman. Yeah, but like, see, she's a woman. You can't vote against her. They, I don't know what sort of bullshit Mitch McConnell will pull out of his ass. Well, and because when she was in Westchester County, she was working in a division that was um, specifically like for domestic abuse victims and child abuse victims. So they're going to say, oh, see, we're sympathetic to the cause, and they're going to try to make it seem touchy-feely. I could honestly see that. I could totally see them doing that. Yeah, If but. for some miraculous, uh, this 35-second FBI investigation digs up something that actually... right diminishes the ever-growing blob of confidence that Mitch McConnell and Chuck Grassley and Lindsey Graham and Trump and all the people behind them that don't get talked about enough because it's a lot of monstrous people. It is. It is. If they, for some reason, don't politically assault us with this Kavanaugh, it'll probably be something like that. Like like we said earlier, this the the Anita Hill case covered in confirmation was nineteen ninety one. It's two thousand eighteen right now, and pretty much the same playbook was used. Well, and something I want to say, you mentioned the John Oliver interview with Anita Hill from this summer. Uh, it was July. And he talked to her about sexual harassment in the workplace and all these different things. And she was talking about how it's moving in now a couple weeks ago, he played a clip from that same interview with her that was on, that was unaired in July. And he said in, in, in that clip, he asked her and like my heart sank when she said it. But he, he asked her just right out, he said, what if there was a situation like that, like a Clarence Thomas type situation where who was be, or someone that on that level who was nominated for the Supreme Court again? How do you think the hearing would play out? And she said, I don't even think it would get to the point of there being a hearing. And when I heard that, I was just like, no, we're not that point we're getting expedited hearings we're getting expedited hearings and we're most likely going to get this guy in too and that just 
that's just my heart broke a little because she had she still has and that's part of what I do love about her this kind of resilience she has about about her that she has this sense of hope that things are or things can be better but I'm like we're just why are we not we should be better at this point that's fucked up and that was 27 what years ago almost this week this is October 1st when we're recording this. Yeah, the hearing, what did we say? The the hearing ended October 14th. History, yes, repeats itself. However, <laughs> it's a little too eerie for, a little too close for comfort, in my opinion. Much like Brett Kavanaugh in a lot of people's memories. Oh. <laughs> and I, I think I wanted to say something. Uh, I'm sure we would probably get to this in, uh, at some point, but... I like what I've seen from a lot of people that are trying to reach out, trying to let the people they know and they care about that they believe them and they want to help them if there's a way they can. There's still a lot of people that are, you know, like, fuck those lying people. It's all they're but whatever. Fuck them anyway. But I, I, I wanted to give court a shout out court psyops because he was he started one of the fundraisers that was going around the Legion network circuit yeah for rain the rape is it rape and is probably rape abuse and incest national network yes they are not the only people that can help i'm sure there's a lot of local chapters of things but their their phone number the national sexual assault hotline is 1-800-656-HOPE they're gonna be in our notes and in the last episode that Court and I did, he requested that I make that the the cause. Yeah, um, I I donated. I mean, I I donate to them regular basis anyway. I want to give you a shout out. I'm going to interrupt you to okay, uh, go ahead. <laughs> to give you a shout out. You have been, you know, you have always come forward and shared your painful pasts, part part of your painful pasts, and it's um. Thank you. I want to say thank you for that. And you're every- welcome. But also thank you. It saves me a little on some therapy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it, it's not easy to talk about, and it's taken me a while, <laughs> a good while, to get to the point where I do feel comfortable enough talking about it. I'm glad that there are more people who are, and this has started, yes, with the Me Too movement as well over the past year, people coming out. And I say people because this is all genders, okay? That should be noted too. It's not just women who get sexually harassed, abused, raped, assaulted. Men do too. Um, You know, gender nonconforming people. It's, you know, it's, and everybody, you know, should be believed. I understand when people say, oh, there are all these false accusations, blah, blah, blah. What? There's actually not a lot of those. They're not. That's, that's, such, that's such a low, low, low percentage. That's such a low. I mean, as far as people who false or like falsely report rape or sexual assault, it's such a low number, like percentage wise compared to other crimes that are falsely reported. 
I'll point that out to you, for one thing. But it's just, and yes, again, thank you for, I mean, letting me talk and being supportive. I, like I said, there's, I don't know, I, I, I it was hard for me to even just be able to talk about it. I never reported my sexual assault because I didn't think I would be believed. And unfortunately, that's a very high percentage. I mean, too high of a percentage. Anything should be too high there, but it's far too common. Sometimes it's difficult to... It's a, it's a definitely assault, sexual assault and, and rape. It's, I mean, it can be a very murky area. I understand that. It's not the clear-cut definition of, okay, it's a stranger in a dark alley. You know, these horrible, and it doesn't count unless I was beaten to a bloody pulp. You know, unless I was screaming no at the top of my lungs and I was completely 100% sober. All these different, or unless I was dressed this certain way. I was all covered. You know, that that's bullshit. You know, the, the victim blaming that goes on and it's a hard thing to get through. And I just, I applaud women like Anita Hill and, and, and Dr. Ford that can do that. I mean, in fucking, in front of Congress? Are you fucking kidding me? I've spoken in front of city council before on LGBTQ rights. That was scary enough. <laughs> I spoke in front of city council about a skate park and I was shitting myself. Right? Anytime you just like something, I, I can't imagine that something that emotionally vulnerable in that kind of space. I, I just, so I applaud anyone who can do it. Yeah. I really I... do. I really wish our government started making some changes in believing and caring about accusations like this. Not sure what it'll take, because... I don't know what it's going to take. I really don't know. Massive overhaul, guillotines, vote them out, England take us back. Oh. <laughs> uh, no. I don't, no. I, don't, I don't know. We don't want to be taken over by another country, but I'm... <laughs> yeah. Something, something's going to work. I hope. I don't know. The optimist inside me isn't completely dead. I know. But registered... If you're listening to this, I feel like I'm being the pushy, like, person, you know, anymore. Because when the show started, there was a decent amount of people that were just starting to get into politics. It was about 50-50 or so. But I feel like, unless you're that awesome new listener that's listening to this for the first time, you know, we're building or working on or working within a pretty rad group of people that are aware of shit but sometimes your state changes the date for when you're eligible to register to vote for the next election so it's coming up here uh october 9th is the deadline here in ohio to register to vote in the midterms there's a lot of shit up even if you think it doesn't affect you it affects you and yeah from city council up on to every seat in Congress and a bunch of governorships are up mm-hmm. in the 2018 election. And then we'll we'll look ahead to the 2020. But thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, everyone who still fucking cares. It's hard. It It is hard. 
I, I joked about this before, but, you know, we are our government's portrait of Dorian Gray. <laughs> they are all just the way they were, and we are falling to pieces. Or we're taking we're taking the damage. And so yeah, thank thank you for finding things to be happy about. Thank you everyone who, you know, shares shares the love and is supportive of someone who's in pain and someone that's hurting and for reaching out to your friends because if you don't know somebody that's been sexually assaulted, it's just that they won't tell you. It's... And if, you know, it's usually an acquaintance, it may be a partner, and leaving is not necessarily as easy as you think. So be I... open. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Ask, like, like uh, Anita Hill. Just be a good listener. There you go. Um, I feel like you should have the final word here. So if I don't end it with you saying, be a good listener. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thanks everybody. I'll see you soon. Thank you, Vanessa. You know, reach out to someone you feel safe with. Come talk to us in the psychosemantic group. Reach out to Rain or some sort of uh, help. There, there is help somewhere somehow if, if you need it or if you want to get involved and be the helper or both. I still believe in Newton's third law. We can have this equal and opposite reaction, but it's <laughs> got to fucking happen soon or I don't fucking know. Vanessa, what what did we learn here, if anything? Um, what did we learn? Well, oh, I just shake my head. I want to believe that there's still good in the world. I do. And there, there we can have a better world. I really, I, I have to go with Anita Hill on that one. I'd still have some sense of hope that there is chance for a better world and that there are still good people out there. Let's just fucking act on it. Enough with the apathy. That's my, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> All right. If you could one more time say act on it and we'll, we'll go into the song. Yeah. Act on it. Why are you